Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highway Community Podcast. We're so glad to have you with us wherever it is that you're tuning in from. At Highway, we believe that as followers of Jesus, we're called to live as sent missionaries in our neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, and among the least of these. And community plays a vital role in that. If you want to join us as we live into Jesus's greatest commandment, to love God with our whole selves and to love our neighbors as ourselves, you can head over to highway.org and click engage in the upper right-hand corner to connect with one of our different ministry areas or click connect to reach out to one of our pastors with a question or a prayer request. Whether you're here in the Bay Area or not, we'd love to connect with you. A happy second day of 2022. Happy New Year. Happy Resolutions Week. You know, this is a time when we're used to making choices about what we want to do in the coming year or not do in the coming year. And when we reflect on if there's a mindset or a perspective that we want to adopt, you know, I have friends that do the, this is my word for the year thing. And they're always so inspiring, like courage or strength or perseverance. You know, I think my word for 2021 was sweatpants, uh, which was also my word for 2020, you know, just double up, get more mileage out of it. I read an article this week about how there was a significantly lower number of people who set New Year's resolutions last year and how that was tied to COVID just flipping everything on its end the year before. And I'm trying to decide if that means that collectively, you know, as a society, uh, that we've embraced the need to be flexible and adaptable and hold things loosely, uh, or if it just means that we've all given up because uh, you can't fail if you don't try, bring out the sweatpants. And, you know, we really have learned that there is so much that's outside of our control. And that's been a really good lesson. And so what I want to offer us on this first Sunday of the year isn't around what to do or not to do in the next 12 months. It's to set back in front of us the importance of who we're becoming. Because that's something that is always happening a process that is constant no matter what's happening around us. We're always becoming more of something or less of something. And as followers of Jesus, we hold the conviction that God leads us in that process, you know, that we humble ourselves and open ourselves up to God's work in us to shape us, to refine us, to grow us, and to heal us. And we hold the conviction that there's a kind of people and that there's a kind of church that God is forming us into. And so if I can offer us one thing, one piece of perspective, you know, one bit of encouragement on this first Sunday of the year. It's to love the process. To grow in our love of God's work in our lives, whatever that looks like. And through whatever circumstances that comes through. You know, to not be in such a hurry to be finished or arrive, but to see the gift of God's presence and activity in our lives in the process in the unfinished, in the imperfect. Because God has created each of us with a purpose, with a calling on our lives. There are unique things that God has created you to contribute to the world. You have a God-given calling on your life. And it's in the process that God forms the character in us to be ready for what he's created us to do. Look, because we might have the talent, you know, the ability and we might have the understanding, even the opportunity. But if we don't have the character, you know, humility, generosity, sacrificial love, compassion, 
you know, integrity, perseverance, patience, faithfulness, and how we live it out, it can go really bad. And so God is always working on us. You know, but we are not, I think by nature, people who love to be in process. We'd much rather be done and complete, and we'll talk about that this morning. And I hope that we can see the gift of being in the process. As we get started, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for the love that you have for us. God, would you help us embrace this conversation? Would you give us eyes to see you at work in our lives this year? God, would your presence give us hope? Would it give us peace? Would it give us joy? And whatever this year brings for us. We love you. We pray these things in and for your name. Amen. Uh, leaning into this conversation about who we're becoming, you know, about how God works in us and, and how that enables us to contribute so much good and so much beauty into the world, you know, to weather hard things gracefully, uh, to step into where God is leading us with courage and conviction, or to love with humility and compassion. You know, leaning into this conversation about who we're becoming, about how God works in us, is something the Apostle Paul had on lockdown. It's because he spent so much time, so much of his ministry, traveling from church to church, you know, each dealing with all sorts of stuff. And in the midst of all of those things, holding this back up, you know, saying, don't lose sight of this. God at work in you, shaping who you are, becoming because you're not who you were. You are something new. And God is at work in you for a reason. You know, it's a theme that's woven into almost all the letters of his that we have. You know, from the longer ones like 1 Corinthians all the way down to Philemon. And so this morning, I want us to look at a few different passages from different letters to help us see different facets of this unified theme, this common thread that runs between them. I want us to start with Philippians 4, because Paul is writing from his own experience and his own life, which, by the way, was not going great in that moment. If you're familiar with the context for the book of Philippians, then you know that Paul was in jail when he wrote it. He didn't know when he was going to get out. He didn't know if he was going to get out. And I think that's why there's such an urgency you know, and such a realness to the way that he closes this letter. You know, chapter 4 is just like one long greatest hits montage. It's what he really wanted the Philippian church to know. You can almost feel the urgency in his words. And I want us to look at one small section today. If you've got a copy of the scriptures with you, go ahead and turn or tap your way to Philippians 4, starting in verse 10. In this section, Paul is responding to how the Philippian church had helped support him in a number of different ways. You know, they just couldn't write then because he was a prisoner. Let's take a look starting in verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
So the circumstances of Paul's life have not just been on an up and right trajectory since he got blinded by Jesus on the road to Damascus. There's been a lot of up and down. And what I want us to see today is that Paul knows that God has been with him in all of it. Every step of the way. He can see that he has been able to do all of these things through God's presence with him, meeting him with what he needed for each moment. And this is where loving the process starts. When we're able to see God at work through all the circumstances of our lives. The times of plenty and the times of need. To know that God is with us in all of it and wants to use all of it as part of the process of who we're becoming. Loving the process starts when we're able to see God at work through all the circumstances of our life. Like, and here's the thing. If we're going to live into this, uh, that means a couple things for us. It means that when we are in times of plenty, you know, when everything is going well, and that we don't tune out and go on autopilot, uh, but we stay leaned in, asking God, what do you have for me in this season? How are you using this time to shape who you are making me to be? We stay leaned in to how God is at work through times of plenty. And it means in the times when we are in need, like Paul writes about when we're hungry or in want, that we lean into those times too. That we don't just wait for them to be over or ask God to just get us out. But we ask those same questions there as well. God, what do you have for me in this season? How are you using this time to shape who you are making me to be. Loving the process starts when we're able to see God at work in all the circumstances of our lives and to be able to recognize the gift that God is with us in all of it. As we start this new year, where are you? What kind of season are you in? A time of plenty or a time of want? Do you feel well-fed or are you hungry? And no matter what this year brings for you, can you look for God's activity in all of it? How God is using all of it as part of the process of who he's making you to be? And can you find rest and peace and hope in the fact that God is with you in all of it? It can be the strength that you need. See, loving the process starts with seeing God at work in everything that we encounter. Knowing God is with us in all things and working through all of it to form us into who he made us to be. And that New Year's resolution article I was reading this week said that based on some surveys, you know, about 80% of New Year's resolutions are, shall we say, let go of by the time February is over. And I think that's collectively everybody saying, bring back the sweatpants. What this reminds us of, though, is that we need help sustaining the choices that we make, especially if they're hard at times. Look, and loving the process of God at work in us is not always easy because that process is not always easy. And so this morning, I want to offer just a few things to help us sustain that love that can help keep us from getting bogged down or discouraged in the process. Our first takes us back to the beginning of this letter to the Philippians. In his opening greeting, Paul writes this in Philippians 1, starting in verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Did you hear it? Carry it on to completion until when? Until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, so until Jesus comes back or we die, you know, whichever comes first, that he who began a good work in you will carry it into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, to love the process, we've got to embrace a long haul perspective. You know, to borrow a phrase we've used a few times over the last couple months, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And technically, it's really more like a marathon that never ends. <laughs> And there's two sides to this that I want us to explore today. You know, on one hand, I want us to see how encouraging this is. You know, if if you've ever felt like, why am I not past this yet? You know, why am I still struggling with this thing? Why am I not the ideal version of myself? You know, in whatever area of life feels pressing for you, why am I not the ideal version of myself yet? It's because it's a process. That God works in you through your whole life. And there will be times of ups and downs. And see, I think sometimes we get discouraged when we have too narrow a view. But if we step back a little bit, you know, with a long haul perspective, then we can start to see the arc of God's work in us. This morning, if you feel like things are moving too slow, or if you feel like you're moving backwards, can I just invite you to trust that God's at work in your life? It's a process. Here's the other side of the long haul perspective. Is it challenges us to stay open and humble no matter how much life we've lived or how much experience or knowledge we have. See, sometimes we think we're done before we actually are. <laughs> we think we have arrived or we're ready and God's like, oh no, there's still so much I want to do in you. It's like the illusion of masterclass. You know, I can watch videos of Thomas Keller talking about cooking, but even if I retain all of the information, it doesn't mean that I'm ready to work at the French laundry. There's no masterclass shortcut to this. God doesn't redeem and restore your life through better information. God does it by transforming your character, by working through all the circumstances of your life. And that's a process that takes time. Uh, So when you hit moments this year that remind you that you're not as far along as you want to be or think you should be, embrace the long-haul perspective. And in the places in our lives where we feel comfortable, you know, where we feel confident, let's embrace the long-haul perspective and stay open and stay humble to the good work that God began in us, that God will carry into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm going to embrace the long-haul perspective. And another thing that can help sustain our love for the process is to embrace being stretched. And Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 
Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. There's the process. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. I did a triathlon once, uh, just one of the short ones. This was back, gosh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and I had a pretty extensive cycling background. I ran regularly, and so I was like, I got this. I don't even really need to train except for the swim. And how hard can that be? It's just 500 meters. Well, 500 meters in the open ocean. And you know how I trained for it? I swam laps in an LA Fitness for a couple weeks. I bought a used wetsuit on Craigslist and use it for the first time on race day. Uh, it turns out it was too small. So it was like trying to do the swim with resistance armbands. It did not go well for me. I got visited by the very nice man on the Red Rescue kayak asking if I was okay. And Paul makes the analogy here that the process of God working in our lives is like training for an athletic event. And training is uncomfortable. It pushes us up to the limit of what we're capable of because that's how our physiology works. You know, our bodies adapt to the new workload and we get stronger. And God leads us into things that will stretch us. It's part of the process. How God forms us into who he created us to be. And thinking about being stretched can be a real challenge almost two years into a pandemic that has stretched us in so many ways already. Where we spent so much time and energy trying to bring a sense of normalcy and stability in the middle of so much being different. And can I just tell you this morning that God knows that? See, this is where we trust God as our good shepherd. We can trust God to know what we need and to know when we're ready. And in his timing and in his goodness, we can trust him to shepherd us into things that stretch us. Because growth happens outside of our comfort zone. And this year, can we look for God in those places? Hear his invitation to step into the uncomfortable, into the stretching, and see how God is using those spaces in our lives to form and refine and heal us, to shape our character, and maybe also to prepare us for what he's called us to do. See, the life that God has called and created you to live is impossible within the confines of what's comfortable. We cannot become the people God created us to be if we stay within what's comfortable. And so let's embrace being stretched because it's part of the process. How God works in our lives. I, I know it's hard and I know those places are vulnerable. And when we get stretched, you know, our imperfections seem to find a way to leak out and we lose our ability to be on our best behavior. I know that's what happens to me. But that's part of the process. Because God meets us in those spaces with grace and with love. And that's really what I want to close our time with. That God meets us in the process with grace and love. And to love the process of God working in our lives through all things. And we've got to embrace the long haul perspective. We've got to embrace being stretched. But we've got to let go of perfectionism. It's just not good for anybody. It's hard to love a process when you feel like you're not allowed to be in process. And look, I love the imagery that Paul uses in Ephesians 2.10. 
He writes, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And see, that word handiwork is the Greek word poema. And Paul is saying that our lives are like ongoing pieces of poetry, that God is writing one stanza at a time, walking with us, preparing us for the things that he's called us to do. Because you were created with a God-given calling on your life. And none of us are or ever will be perfect. And to love the process, we've got to let go of that expectation. Otherwise, we'll die in the pressure or bog everything down. You know, even resist what God wants to do in us because we're afraid to do it wrong. Or afraid to try and fail. But we're not items of perfection. We're pieces of poetry that are still being written. Is there an area in your life that you feel like God is leading you to lean into, but where you're holding back? Because you want to wait until you can do it perfectly. Let go of perfectionism. Because those good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do have to start somewhere. And God meets us in those places with grace and love. As we close out our time this morning, I want to take us back to the two verses right before this last one. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it's by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We don't have to be perfect. We can love the process because Jesus was perfect on our behalf. As we step into the new year, I hope our eyes open just a little bit wider to how God is at work in all the things that this year will bring. And that we'll grow in our love for the process of who God's making us to be. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your love, for your presence. for the way that you work in all of the things that our lives contain. God, we confess it's hard to see that sometimes. And it's just good to be able to be honest about that. It's why you laid the word authenticity on our hearts as a core value for this community. That we can be transparent about the fact that we are in the process because we're all in the process. God, I pray that you would grow our love for that. That you would give us eyes to see the things that you have called and created us to do. God, for anybody listening to this podcast who's just been beaten down this last year, this last two years, this holiday season, God, I pray that you would remind them that you created them with purpose you created them with a calling on their lives, that there are good things in the world that you created in advance for them to do. 
God, we love the process of your character being formed in us. And the way that that allows us to step into those things. In the way that you would. We love you. We thank you for loving us first. We pray these things in and for your name. Amen. Amen.